0: You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop.
1: Last week we talked about developing core strength and today we're going to keep going along that vein. God wants us to be strong and uh, He desires that we live above, not beneath, that we have the strength to make it through hard times and we will be challenged. So today we're going to talk some more about developing the core strengths. There are certain exercises or certain things we do the rest of our Christian life to remain strong. And one of the key things we touched on last week was where we fix our thoughts. A lot of our strength is really related to what's going on between our ears. And for the most part, we think it's nobody else's business what we think. And often, often I think God is none of your business either because I'm just kind of, it's my space, it's my thoughts, and, and you know, really it's, it's a very private thing because for the most part, People don't know what you're thinking because you can paste a smile on, and you can and you can really fake it, and, and nobody really knows what you're thinking. I always thought it'd be kind of neat if somehow God could just pop up a screen behind everybody's head, and all your thoughts would be visible for everybody else. Can you imagine if God did that this morning? It would be kind of an interesting sight, you know. You go, "Ooh, man, I better change that," you know. But uh, all our thoughts are visible to God. He knows what we're thinking, and guess what? God's really interested. In your thought life, the Bible says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so really what's going on in our head really affects how strong we are in our life. If you go on the website and you Google uh, mental strength, developing mental strength, lots of things will pop up. Developing mental toughness is another one. And most of it is related to sports, because if you want to compete in sports, you have to have your head in the game. When I played sports, my coach would say, "Coop, get your head in the game." My body was there, but my head wasn 't there. i 've had people who tell me that they 've said to their employees, i didn 't just hire your body, I hired your mind. Would you please bring it as well? Because we, we want you there physically and mentally in this. And so God is interested what goes on in this mental arena of our life. And we know if that's not strong, it affects our work life. It affects our relationships. It can affect every part of our life. So today we're going to talk some more about developing strength and particularly developing mental strength. There's a couple of quotes that I came across when I typed that in that I thought were interesting. And they're all to do with sports. But Bobby Knight, one of the greatest basketball coaches of all times, he summed up the importance of mental strength when he said, In winning... The mental is to the physical as four to one. So here's one of the best basketball coaches. And he knew that mental strength was four times as more important as physical strength. That's pretty interesting. Jimmy Conner said this. Tennis was never work for me. Tennis was fun. And the tougher the battle, the longer the match, the more fun I had. And if we don't have fun in life, fun following the Lord, if we don't enjoy it, we won't take time to be disciplined in that area. Carl Lewis, the great runner, said, my thoughts before a big race are usually pretty simple. Get out of the blocks, run your race, stay relaxed. If you run your race, you'll win. Channel your energy and focus. So Carl Lewis knew that as a runner, he had to focus. And as believers, one of the things that we need to work on as a daily exercise is what goes on between our ears. It's very important to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I'll put the verse up on the overhead for you today. It says here, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ezekiel prophesied this in the Old Testament, speaking future tense. And I will give you a new heart with new and right desires. And I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. There's another interesting book in the Old Testament called the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah's whole story is really an illustration of how God changes our lives, of how he restores our lives. Because face it, in the world, often we can get broken, beat up and damaged. But God comes along to restore our entire life he's interested in our physical well-being he's interested in our our mental well-being and he's very interested in our spiritual well-being in the book of nehemiah he gets a report from his brothers that the walls of jerusalem have been broken and it makes him very sad because with the walls of jerusalem broken at any time people could come in Rob, kill, steal, destroy they were It was an open reproach at any time they could be damaged, and nehemiah is like oh he 's grieved by it, he prays about it, he sets up a plan, and he wants to go back, and he wants to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem now before he goes, somebody else has already gone to Jerusalem, and that guy 's name is Ezra. Ezra went to Nehemiah and he rebuilt the temple. the temple 's been rebuilt, but the walls around the city are broken down that's a picture of what god does in our lives god's a spirit and the first thing he's interested in is restoring your spirit let me put that verse of ezekiel back up again And I will give you a new heart, didn't say a new body, didn't say a new mind. I'll give you a new heart with new and right desires. And I'll put a new spirit in you, and I'll take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. So the very core of us is our spirit. Now, when man starts to think about a makeover, it's usually the outside. If you watch that television series Extreme Makeover, it was all about new teeth, new hairdo, Lose some weight, cut, tuck, whatever you have to do, but get this thing looking good because it's all about the outside. If you watch most commercials, if you watch the pressure that's even on young people, if you watch the cars we're supposed to drive, the house we're supposed to live in, it's all about the outside. But God's, first of all, interested about the inside. Man looks on the outside. God looks on the inside. So when he starts in our life, he doesn't start at the outside. He starts with the very core of us. And he puts a new spirit on the inside of us, This a brand new spirit to come on the inside of us. And once that happens, then we realize, man, there's some work to do in my life. Now, I'm going to get the ushers to help me here for just a second. And we're going to build a wall. And so if they could come up here, I'm going to move this over here. And they're going to they're going to put a wall around me here. All right. Very good. This is, this is, no, this wall is a good wall. Sometimes talk about walls being negative, but today would you think about walls being, being positive? Because in the core here is my spirit. And God gave me a new spirit. When Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He was talking about the spirit. Being born again, the spirit being made new. So this part is totally made new. But when I received Christ into my life and I was born again, does it fit? It's kind of like an igloo, you know, that last block. Give these guys a hand. Aren't they amazing? So this is a picture of you. You, the middle of you is your spirit. And then surrounding you is your mind, your will, your emotions, the soulish part of you. And that out there is your physical body, body. But God starts here in the spirit is made new. This is created new. Old things passed away. Everything became new. He put desires in your heart. But your spirit touches the walls of your mind. Now, what happened to us when we were, quote unquote, in the world these walls could have got damaged. For example, if you grew up in a home where there was physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, maybe part of this wall got kicked out. Now the wall has been broken. And when the wall is broken, there's a character in Nehemiah's story named Sam Ballad. And Sam Ballad comes around and he has access because the wall has been broken. Or maybe in your life, There was an area of rejection. There was an area of, uh, how else could the walls be broken? Rejection, maybe in your life there was an addiction. In other areas, your walls were broken down. And so these were broken. God is interested in restoring these walls of your life. Let me give you next another verse we'll put up on the screen. I think it's the one out of Romans. Proverbs, first of all, Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man with no control over himself is like a town town with broken walls. If we've lost control in these areas, we're like a town or a city with broken walls. At any time, we can be attacked. Mental strength. Mental strength. The athletes know they need it. The corporate executive knows he needs it. God knew we needed it. And he's very much at work to help us build these areas of our lives. Romans, Paul writes this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God. Now, we bolded that. Let God, because God won't get involved in helping you rebuild these areas of your life and having mental strength unless you allow him to help you. There's a lot of programs, a lot of ideas out there, some good, not so good, but you have to let God help you. He said in Romans chapter eight, but by the spirit put to death, the deeds of the flesh, the Holy Spirit will help you. Now, this is good news. You don't have to do this by yourself. Mental strength will come as we intertwine God in our lives. You remember the story of John and Eloise Bergen. There was a mental strength they had that carried them through a nightmare of an experience. Where did that mental strength come from? It came from the Lord. He helps us with strength in this mental area. But let God transform. That word transform is from the Greek word metamorphosis. You remember that? That's what changes the the caterpillar to the butterfly. That's what it's that metamorphosis where something changes its identity through a process. And when God gets involved, when you let God get involved in this soulish area of your life, there is a metamorphosis that takes place. I used to be that but I've been transformed. I used to be that person, but I've been transformed. I used to be addicted. I used to have these habits. I used to be this way. I used to swear. I used to live that way. But God got involved, and now there is a clarity and a strength that I could have never had before. But let God transform who? You into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then... Then you will know. See, before we get to... Well, I hear the buzz going. up. Well, how do I do that? How would I... Spell it out for me, pastor. What are the steps? How do I do this? Before we get to the how, we've got to do the why. Why should I do this? Well, here's the answer. Then you'll know what God wants you to do. When, When Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem, that city had a purpose. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Remember when Sam... Sung that at Easter services, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. If there ever is a city the purpose, it's Jerusalem. The whole world knows about Jerusalem. It's got purpose. But that purpose could not be fulfilled if the walls are broken. You've got a purpose. And if your mental strength is broken, you cannot fulfill the purpose of your life. We must have mental strength. God wants us to. If it's broken down here, we can never fulfill the purpose of our life. You could never, if your purpose was to be a leading scorer on the Canucks, go Canucks, go. If that was your purpose, if you don't have the mental strength, you won't fulfill that purpose. If your purpose, your calling is to be the best teacher possible in high school, you can't do that if it's broken down. Whether to be a businessman, whether to be an artist, whatever your purpose is—to be a mother, to be a father—your purpose in life, if it's broken down here, won't happen. But then, then you will know what God wants you to do. Your purpose, why? Because your walls have been transformed, rebuilt. Another verse says, or translation says, renewed. The second why—that was the first why. The second why, and you will know how good you will know how good, pleasing, and perfect his will really is. Nehemiah had to get the walls rebuilt in Jerusalem so the purpose, the destiny of Jerusalem could be accomplished. Number two, very simple. If the walls were rebuilt in Jerusalem around the temple that Ezra rebuilt, our spirit is like that, the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When these walls are rebuilt around there, we have peace. Jerusalem would have peace when the walls are rebuilt. And the Bible says there is a peace that passes all understanding, that guards your heart in Christ Jesus. When these things are rebuilt and there's a mental strength from God, there is a peace in your life that guards you. Wow. We go through stuff in life. Some of you went through stuff this week in life. But there's a peace that guards you. God's name is Jehovah Shalom. He's, his name is the God of peace. He gave that name. He introduced that name to Gideon when Gideon was about to go into battle. You know what you need in the battle of life? Perhaps more than anything else is peace. Because if you've got peace between your ears and you get on that game, and you're in in negotiations, or you're in a tough spot. But if you've got peace here, guess what? You can think clearly and make right decisions under pressure. Why? Because you've got peace. God comes into our lives to renew us with our thinking so we can have purpose and peace in today's world. Folks, that's huge. So that's the why we need to do it. But now we need to talk, how do we do it? Because if we look around in our lives, and there's no exceptions here this morning, every one of us somewhere had our walls kicked in. Somewhere they got kicked in. And God came along in our lives like Nehemiah. Nehemiah is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know what? I'm going to restore you. I'm not going to get different blocks. He didn't use different blocks. He used the original stones. Because God doesn't change your personality. He doesn't make you somebody else. We don't all have to be little Billy Grahams or some other Mother Teresa or some other saint. No, it's us. He restores us. He loves you for who you are. He just sanctifies you and renews you, rebuilds you. So he puts these walls back together, and there's a strength. Now, if whatever area got kicked in when you were, so to speak, in the world, That's the same area that Sam Bell is going to try to come back later on in your life and attack. So you have to pay heed to that because he knows in the past he got in there. So he'd like to come again. So let's move from the why to, well, how do I do this? And so I'm going to get our ushers to come and put these little blocks away because we have to go to illustration number two. Let's talk about the how. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We'll put that verse up there. The first thing we must do if we want to have mental strength is we have to be a thought inspector. Would you look at your neighbor and just say, be a thought inspector? Thought inspector. Here's the verse. We are destroying speculations. Another translation says, imaginations, every lofty thing, every proud thing raised above or against the knowledge of God. That's a thought that says, I know better than God. Take this, no, don't take God's thoughts. It goes way back to the Garden of Eden. Well, God said this, but I say this. Against the knowledge of God. Now, watch this. And we are taking every, every, every thought captive to the obedience or putting it under the authority of Christ. When I gave my life to God, I gave my mind to God. I didn't just give my body, my heart. I gave my mind. So that's what I'm saying I said, under your authority, I think you know better than I do what should be going on in my head because you designed it. So I will place my thoughts under your authority. We have to give up the right To think about whatever we think we get to think about. That's a big step. But that's where peace comes. That's where faith comes. God, I trust you. You know what's best for my mind because you designed it. So I'm taking every thought captive to the obedience or under the authority of Christ. Now you think on average 50,000 thoughts a day. 50,000 thoughts a day. So for 50,000 thoughts, you have to say, does this line up under the authority of Christ? You are a thought inspector. Have you ever gone through customs here in Vancouver, landed from an international flight? If you have ever come down off that escalator and you look out there and say, oh, my goodness, we had six planes land at the same time. And you know, 45 minutes before you get through, unless you got a Nexus Pass, you know you're in that line for a long time. And then they, then they inspect you. I figured it out. I went to YVR's website. Do you know, on average, every day, they inspect 23,000 people and ask them, do you want to come into the country or not? To illustrate this point, I've asked a couple of guys to come up and give you a little skit of being a thought inspector to drive the point home. So give them a big welcome. They're going to come, give you a little skit of what this means.
0: Now arriving, flight one thirty-five from the outside world. Flight one thirty-five, mixed bag, eh? Better be on your toes. Next. Yeah. Next. Come on. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good. Nice. Can I have your passport, please? Yeah. All right. Lust.
1: Yeah.
0: That's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: So what are you going to be
0: bringing into this kingdom? Well, I saw this beautiful woman. On a movie today, and I want to bring in instant gratification and in line. if You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, I just give you the ability to imagine a better life without interaction and involvement with someone else. Mm. Mm. Right. Well, you don't meet the criteria to enter our country, so I'm going to revoke your passport. Hey, hey, look. No, I give you the fantasy, right? I can, I can bring passion into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. If I am a friend. Cover your pen for just one second. You know what? We only accept things that are pure. Okay, yeah. Uh, can you go get this guy? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to take you captive. You're going to be, yeah, yeah, you're going to be out of here. Can you grab my pen on the, yeah, can I have that? Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, see ya. Next. Hi. 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 How, are ya? Good, how, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Right? Good, good, good. Yeah, thanks. Encouragement. Yeah. Right on. And what are you wanting to bring into the uh, into the? Hi. Yeah, can I just get a can I just get ahead? I just I'm in a rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can wait behind the line like everyone else.
1: Yeah, but see, yeah, I no,
0: just... you can wait behind the line. Yeah, behind, back. Yeah, line. Yeah. yeah, see you later. <laughs> so encouragement. And you were bringing into the country.
1: Well, I'm, I'm an old
0: friend of this kingdom. Right and, on. Uh, you know, I just, I just really wanted to bring some encouragement because he's been on a really great path lately. Like, he had a friend whose mother just passed away, mm-hmm. and he sent him a really nice card and, and thought of someone else. So I just really wanted to reunite with him and, 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 and keep encouraging him to go down that loving path. Excellent, you know? excellent. Yeah. You know what? We always have room in the encouragement sector in yeah? this kingdom. So uh, you can come right on in. Just ignore the big guy with the glasses. He's a real nice guy. He's on your side. All right. Thank you. Have all right. a great day. You too. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Lovely. Really. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't call you yet. Yeah. Why? Bye. Back. Okay. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was really nice, eh? <laughs> hey? I mean, deserving of praise. You know, really nice. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bye. Yeah, the <laughs> line is is there. I'll, I'll call you. I'll get to you. All right, next, yeah. (laughs) Can I have your passport? Yeah. Fear. Fear. And what are you bringing into the kingdom? Like, I really want to know. Okay, so here it is. Mm. We used to hang out a lot in high school. I was welcome all the time. Mm -hmm. So, right. Okay, Mm -hmm. look, before you guys declared Jesus as king, I was there during sickness, horror movies, all the time. So I was thinking, given the current economic situation, reunion. Yeah? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, like you said, Jesus is king, and we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So I'm going to take you captive. Yeah. Thanks. But you... Bye-bye. Okay. But Bye-bye. Is... See, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just... Bye-bye. I was... Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Next. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. good. I'm so good. Can I see her? Absolutely. Compassion. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> 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 yeah. I know. <laughs> um and what are you bringing into the country? Well, love into this community you know Mm. i want to bring compassion back into this world i feel that we have a lot of assets and Mm -hmm. i want to help people i want to help people especially at places like the union gospel mission you know
1: other various charities
0: and like little little animals i just i want to help everybody fantastic you know what i think that we could always use some more compassion actually it's really a shame that your passport isn't stamped with more countries really (sighs) You know, so yeah, go right in. We would love to have you here. Hug? Maybe later. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good little group there, hey? Maybe some permanent residents. Well, you know, we got about an hour before uh, next flight comes in. You grab some Timmy's? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
1: All right. So we great job you guys on that skit. We get the point that uh, we want to we want to be thought inspectors. So would you turn to your neighbor again and just say be a thought inspector. Very good. If we want to have a strong mind, we have to inspect every thought. It's really easy for thoughts just kind of slip in and we start imagining them dwelling on them and before we know it It develops in our head. Here's the grid that you have to run it through. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And I'll put that verse up there for you to read with me. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, that would mean all of us and your dear, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Paul's writing and he says one more thing. So this is kind of very important. At the end of the letter, this is right there on the top of the list. This is top drawer for the Apostle Paul. One more thing. Fix your thoughts. We had that point last week. Watch your thoughts. Think on those things that are true, honorable, and right. Think about things that are pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And he goes on to say after this, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will be with you. Your peace and your purpose is really related to what you're thinking about between your ears. 50,000 thoughts a day have to be inspected. The Holy Spirit's there to help you inspect the thoughts. If they are not under the authority of Christ, take them by the ear and lead them out and say, no, 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 not coming in. You used to come in, but you don't come back anymore. I used to go there with my mind, but I'm not going back there anymore. Let me give you a quick scenario of what happens if you let the thoughts in. If you let the thoughts in, watch this next slide. The thoughts... When considered, thoughts come in, if they consider the fear, oh yeah, you know what? Fear hasn't been here for a long time. You're right. There is an economic downturn. Let me think about that for a bit. And if you start to consider that fear, over a while, it becomes an attitude. After a while, the attitude becomes an action. And after a while, the action becomes a habit And all of a sudden, you've got a stronghold. This thing's growing in your life. Even at that point, thank God, the weapons, Paul said, of our warfare in this mental arena, they're not carnal. They are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. God is more than able to help you have a clear mind and strong mental strength. Okay, so the first point on the how-to was be a thought inspector. Our second point is to guard your right to choose. Number two, guard your right to choose. Do you know one of the biggest gifts, the most valuable gifts God gave you? Is your right to choose. You have a right to accept God or to reject God. You have a right to life, choose life, or choose death. One of the greatest things you have is your right to choose so guess what Sam Ballad wants to do? The enemy. He wants to come along and any way he can, he wants to dilute, take from you, your right to choose. Proverbs tells us, talking about alcohol, he's, the Proverbs writes an example of a guy who gets drunk. And the next morning he says, man, I woke up. I didn't remember what I did. I, I did what I shouldn't have done. And why? Because he... Lost his right to choose under the influence of alcohol. You lose your right to choose under the influence of drugs. You know why the enemy would love to see you caught in that? Because then you can't say no when he comes. Your wall is broken. He can come in and out anytime he wants to. That's what he wants. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if these walls are broken down, he gets to do that. So you guard your right to choose. I was reading recently about the life of Caesar. Caesar. And when Caesar was in negotiations, especially when he went to, what's today, England, when he was there, and they would serve wine, he would always water down his wine so that his mind was not affected and he could negotiate. He'd never drank the wine. They noticed he was always watering it down because he didn't want to, in any way, have fuzzy thinking. He wanted his ability to choose and see things clearly. Smart. He was smart about it we can lose our right to choose or it can be diluted through other things here's an extreme example hypnotism i've never let anybody hypnotize me cuz when i'm hypnotized i can't choose i'll do things that i didn't know to do it took away my right to choose it's demonic to have your right to choose taken away is a plan of the enemy god always allows you to choose Anytime you're put in a situation where somebody's trying to take away your right to choose, it's not God. God always honors our volition. Another way it sneaks in really, really subtly is a passive mind. Where you begin to daydream, and you just go, whatever thoughts come floating through, I'll think on. And it's kind of, okay, surah, surah, whatever will be, will be. And you just kind of let your mind daydream. Oh, today I'm just going to think about the wonderful this and the wonderful that. And what if I had $6 million? And what if I had this? And you just kind of let your mind float along. And at first, nothing happens. But what's happening behind the scenes your mind is like a muscle, and you can have atrophy of the mind, where that muscle becomes weakened because you weren't using it. You weren't taking every thought captive, and you let it get weakened. You allowed thoughts to come in and grow, and you didn't say no. You didn't have the security guard exit them. Atrophy came in, and those thoughts you daydream on—they weren't bad, but they weren't true. It says those things which are true and pure—they were. They may have been pure, but. The, it may have been lovely, but it wasn't true. So you just daydreamed along that. And then one day the enemy comes along and he puts a real ugly thought in your head. And you go, oh, my goodness, I don't want to think about this. This is really ugly. It's horrible. But guess what? You can't get it out of your head. It's bouncing between your ears. You go, my goodness, I can't stop thinking about something I don't want to think about. Why did that happen? Because we got lazy and passive in this area of mental strength. And there's a lot of Christians that are got caught up in that and they wonder why they're tormented with fear. And the reason is because they haven't taken every thought captive been disciplined in this area of their life. Now, you didn't walk into that overnight and you won't walk out of it overnight. You have to get the mind in shape. By the grace of God, I will take every thought captive. So that's number two. Number three, how do you build mental strength? Be careful of fads. The world's got lots of quick fixes from gizmo pills to drinks to exercises. And if you go on the internet, you can find a lot of them. I won't go through all of them, but there's no quick fix to this. It comes by yielding our body, soul, mind, and spirit to the Lord and saying, God, this is my service to you. I will take every thought captive. I'll make sure my thoughts line up with you. And I'm not looking for some quick fix that the world has to offer. Paul said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The world will try to conform you to their method. Trust God with your mind. Uh, Number four. There's only five today. We have lots of them, but these are five simple ways to rebuild or build mental strength. Rebuild the broken areas with God's thoughts. So if there's been an area, let's say, where fear came in. With the example of fear, fear came up, and aren't you glad the security guard took fear away that day? And it's true for a lot of us. Some of us, we welcomed fear when we were younger, whether we through watching horror movies or whether fear of this or maybe where as a kid we, got, uh, it, it began, we allowed it in maybe at a camp somewhere or different places and began to torment our lives. And so if fear has had a stronghold in your life before, If that's the area of your wall that was pushed out. Now, this is really important. It is your responsibility, not your parents, not your husbands, not your wives, not your pastor, not your home group leaders. It's your responsibility to go to your Bible, to go to your concordance, and you look up the verses that deal with fear. And you write them out, and you memorize those verses, and you know those verses cold. You can say them at any time of day, because when fear comes, now here's the key. You lead them captive. They leave when you quote God's word. When Jesus was tempted, he said, it is written. Now, if we get lazy on this, fear sneaks back in. But fear runs from God's word. If you had a problem with lust, then you go through verses that deal with that. Like we had that first example. He said, this is what the Bible says. And when you quote that in the spiritual around, because remember, Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. And when you speak his words out, that thing is, esc- is, is escorted away from your mind. Now, tragically, many believers get lazy on this point. But it takes a little bit of work, a little bit of discipline, and exercise. What area of your life got knocked out? Just think about it for a moment. Where in my life did I suffer? Was it rejection? Whatever it was. Fear could be a list a mile long. Whatever it was, for the rest of your life, you have to keep those verses ready. Sam Ballard will leave. And all of a sudden, three years later, he shows up again. And he tries to come through that same point of entry. And you need to remind him, hey, Sam Bella, dude, nothing's changed. I am not slacking off. I will continue to speak God's word to you. Now, just get off my property. I'm escorting you. No, you will not come into this kingdom. You will not come into my mind. That's a huge point. Number five, focus on the future. If we just look on the past, we're not going to be mentally strong. Any sports team knows that. Got to focus on the next game. Canucks won four in a row. Great, wonderful, but guess what? I got to focus on the next series. It's the same thing in life. Yes, I failed, I won, whatever. Calgary's flying back from last night's game, hurting a little bit, and you know what they said on the news? They said, you know what? We just got to focus on the next game. That, that we lost that game, but we're focusing on the next That's good strategy. That's mental strength. In our lives, we need that. Because we have an enemy, Sam Ballard, who will bring up all our past failures and want us to live in the past. Paul said, I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. That's a good way. Good way to have mental strength.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.